Hey everyone, welcome to Homestyle Table Talk. I'm Duncan. And I'm James, and welcome to a fireside chat with a couple amateur experts. You're listening to season one of Homestyle Table Talk, where our discussion topic is art. If you're interested in more content, you can follow us on Instagram at htt.pod. Or you can go to our website at httpod.fyi to check out our blog, our story, and our merch. A special thanks to the West Coast Feed for hooking it up with our soundtrack for the podcast. Head to your nearest music streaming service to check out the rest of their tracks. A quick disclaimer. If you hear us calling the podcast Here's the Thing during Season 1 episodes, don't be alarmed. We had to change our name in the middle of the season, but we hope you enjoy our content nonetheless. Four minutes. Ah, great. Golden, golden, golden river run. <laughs> that just sounds like a song that kids would sing on the Through on the playground. The east and pass beneath <laughs> the sun. Ooh. Does that not sound like a, a song that children would sing on the playground yes. to like mock someone, mock, yeah. mock a kid who like peed his pants? Oh no. Yeah. Why Drink. did you give us water, guy? <laughs> to you know clear the throat. Okay. Why? How are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life? I'm doing good. You know, life is, it's trying to find a new normal. That's what's up right now. Yeah. So new normal from from what? Yeah. Well, from moving from college. So I had four years of the university life and moving into. Were you at a British university? No, I was at Azusa Pacific University. I get that. I get that. And yeah, it's just been interesting trying to figure out new normal because i've been in school for the last 17 years of my life and so i i even remarked the other day about not having homework on a saturday oh it's so fun to not have homework it's weird because every single saturday i've had either a paper or some sort of like commentary or journal due yeah and then during the summer it's wild because you're just like trying to soak up the freedom but now i have a job and it's like well you know i'm working hard enough during the week and maybe i should take a break do you know laundry or whatever on yeah there's it's like there's now freedom on saturday and there's no like season to be like oh there's freedom coming yeah it's not there's nothing it's not that there's nothing to look forward to but there's nothing to look forward to (laughs) oh gosh yeah well and that's where people will always be like oh like just wait until you graduate it's it's a whole new world it's completely different it's not I don't know what they say. What do people say? I don't know. There was a friend I had in high school who he always wore this like biggest smile on his face. Yeah. And so I was talking to him like, dude, what's going on? And like, do you like school? Do you like life? He's Mm -hmm. like, with a full smile on his face, he's like, school is prison. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) So yeah, finding a new normal has been interesting. But you are now transitioning from one thing to another as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely no normal yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started a new job this week, mm-hmm. um, left my old job last week and the there's, everything's different, you know, commutes mm-hmm. different. Um, people even, that I'm working with the different task that I'm doing completely different. Even your work week. Oh yeah. Work week you changed Monday off. No, I no. get, I get Friday off Friday and Saturday off. Yeah. Okay. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Work in it. But it makes Saturday, I guess Saturday is still a Saturday. Yeah. Like nothing yeah. changes. You know, it's like on a Sunday in normal life, you have like this anxiety that work starts tomorrow. Mm. But everyone that you interact with on a Saturday is stoked that it's Saturday. Yeah. Like. Because they have another day after that. Yeah. yeah. And so that rubs off on you. Even mm-hmm. when you work on Sunday, you're just like, 
Oh, I don't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's Saturday. Yeah. But you're going to, you're looking forward to this new job. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's way more than your last job. Way, way, way more. Yeah. It's not, it's not that the last place was bad. It just wasn't mm-hmm. a fit for me. And so I'm excited to, to work with a team that I like get and click with and to work with, um, with like just on a great product and a great project. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. The whole thing. Something that inspires you a lot more than maybe the last job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm feeling like, you know, day one in any new class or any new job is syllabus day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And syllabus day, let's be honest, is kind of terrible. I don't know. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person who likes getting a scope for what is, what the next few, like what the next chunk of time is going to look like. And so for me, it's actually rather enjoyable. Yeah. And I'm just weird. I guess like in physics, syllabus day is just a time to realize how much homework you have Mm -hmm. and how many tests you have to take. And like, you just see, you're just scrambling through that sheet, like those like eight (laughs) sheets that they give you for how much of a percentage each test is of your grade. Mm. And you're like, 40, this test is 40%. And then you just kind of want to cry already because like. 10 weeks from now, you know, you got like mm-hmm. getting your butt handed to you. I totally get that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't experience it in college myself because I had projects. I didn't, don't hate me. Yeah. Listeners of the podcast oh, and okay. James. I didn't have tests throughout college. I had projects that were due. So I never had to study. It was only ever build up to this project, work your butt off and then present it. Yeah. So like, sure. There was like a test. Like it was a, yeah. there was a time where I had to be somewhere and do something specific sure. in the presentation of it. But you had all of that time was like ability to perfect it for yes. Yeah. Rather than having to like deliver a very specific tested thing in one short amount of time, yeah. it was deliver something tested that you've been able to work on over and over and over again. It's like tested, tried and true. Yes. Yes. A lot, a lot closer to that than like, you know, maybe I'm just having a really crappy day and then I take a crappy test and it's just the worst. I've had a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm really happy that I'm just thankful for my, my experience in college, just being able to, to work up to those things. Cause I think it maps more onto the professional world for sure. There's, there are a few I've experienced in in my one month of being (laughs) graduated in the (laughs) professional world. Uh, but being, just it's so much more hey work on this and even like even if projects are due really quickly yeah i can work on them overnight and whatnot it's it's never like you have one hour to barf up a bunch of information even worse is like a five hour closed door closed note exam i've never heard of that it's brutal quantum mechanics (laughs) i just want to embrace everyone with a hug that has ever had to do that wow that was a great hug duncan so we've been going throughout our weeks thinking about topics in art uh, relating to season one because we are in season one of our podcast and season one is about art. Art. It is about art. It is about A-R-T. A-R-T. That feel like there needs to be a jingle. Bum, bum, bum. Art. <laughs> it's like psych. Sean Maybe Spencer. Need... A good old psych reference. Dude. It's been a minute. Do you know his name? The actor's name? Yeah. James Roday. Or okay. James Rodriguez. What is Burton Guster's actual name? Bruton Guster. What is his? What? Wait. What is his act? What is the actor's name? Yeah. Dule Hill. I love Dule Hill. He's phenomenal, dude. That guy is the best. He's in Holes. No. When is the last time you watched Holes? 
with so Shia LaBeouf. So long ago. So long ago? Yeah. Like ancient. Dude. Ancient times. The the guy, the handyman that Kissing Kate Barlow falls in love with. Sam? Sam. That's Dulé Hill? Dulé Hill. No. Yes. Where he comes to her schoolhouse and she says, you know, she's like struggling to close the window and it's about to storm. And he says, I can fix that. I can fix that. That's the same guy? That is Dulé Hill. I've been thinking, I can fix that. Like all week for no reason. Huh. Is and that relating to your item or literally not? Literally not at all. Huh. But I've been thinking about things all week. Also, I'm embarrassed that I said item instead of thing. Dang it, Duncan. Dang it, Duncan. Get with the brand. Here's the item. Here's the... Uh, no, that just sounds bad. Sears the, the, Sears, Sears the I thing. I feel bad about Sears the thing. It was okay? good, though. It was, it was a great it ending. It was kind of cute. Yeah. Well, what is your thing? Okay. I was thinking about our conversation last week, and I said something pretty specific early on, that I'm an experiencer of art rather than a creator of art. Hmm. And... And I said we would come back to that. We 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 did. So here you are this bringing is, this it back it. up for me. The reason I I'm having this conversation now is because I now have an office to decorate because I am in a new space. Mm. So I moved it's from challenge. it's a it's a great challenge. I moved from having a cubicle in like an open office kind of space, and everyone just took basically blank walls and tacked pictures of family or just like graphics of things that they were supposed to remember for their job and had their little cubicle and everything else was blank and the walls were beige. And so now I have my own office to decorate and I'm realizing that I need to curate or create a vibe in my space. So that was something that was running in my brain. Like, okay, I, I now need to play the role of someone that's creative and, and doing this thing. The irony of the comment that I made last week and I recognized it today as I was thinking about this. I was like, yeah, I'm not a creator, but I need to create a space. Is I literally wear a giving key around my neck, and I have been for the last three years, and mm -hmm. it says the word create on it. Hmm. And it's like I've completely missed the point. And so the thing I was talking about and thinking about this week is the fact that me, James, as a person that is in a position that needs to be creative but doesn't think of myself as somebody that's creative oh interesting i want to under ex expand upon that mm -hmm. i also was recognizing in the earlier part of our conversation today i um have always been in places where i've been tested and so i haven't whenever i'm doing something that's creative i see it as a test to accomplish mm. there's like a particular time like there's like this is a test of my ability rather than something i can get to perfect and like continue to build upon it's like a project that is nearing completion and the all of the time building into it i'm completing it so i'm recognizing i tend not to want to create because i think ah oh, it's not going to be finished. It's not going to be done. It's oh, not going to be a finished product that can be tested yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than something that like, you know, like with an office, I'm not going to have my final version of my no. office tomorrow no. on day three. Bro, you never will. Yeah. I promise you that. And I, I'll never have my final version of my office. It Actually, I think, I think your space should be an ever evolving manifestation of your inner world. Okay. Tell me tell me more about that. What I mean by your space should be a manifestation of your inner world, an ever-evolving manifestation of your inner world, 
is that because you change, the way that that appears to people should change. Because why not reflect the things that are growing and evolving in yourself on the outside? Right. Now, there's. I'm not saying that every single thing inside of you that changes, you need to change, you need to alter the state of your external world. But right. I think... I think change is good. I think, well, let me rephrase that. I think good change is good. And what I mean by that is change for the sake of change can sometimes be really damaging. But change for the sake of communicating things is really good. Yeah. And is really beneficial. Yeah. And so as you are creating in your new space for your office, I might encourage you to have elements that shift even on purpose like month to month right maybe oh. it's a candle that you have like i don't know 12 candles a year that's what like you know maximum you're spending 48 bucks on a candle for all 12 months and that's i mean that's a little excessive maybe but choose your thing that you want to maybe alter and just maybe do it yeah. just as an exercise in sort of freedom of course because if you're saying that you're main hang up with the creativity is oh it's a test or oh it's yeah. not going to be finished N never let it be finished on purpose in fact on purpose make it evolve make it something that isn't i'm not testing myself on yeah what's funny about this process and it allowed me to see what i'm doing in a different light mm -hmm. is i think of myself as being able to cr create curate hospitable places I like to create meals for people. Mm -hmm. I like to like have a, a space where people can feel invited and feel themselves and have dialogue with that thing mm -hmm. and with me in that space. And oftentimes I think of art as like, oh, like it's this thing. It's a finished product that people are now interfacing with and mm -hmm. having a dialogue with mm -hmm. as we've been talking about. And I am now seeing that this whole creating a space, you're even interior design if we go that far is it's like a middle ground for me in learning about that dialogue piece of art and like stepping into that dialogue because when people are in that space talking to me they'll be both dialoguing with me but also the place that's curated for them to have that conversation yeah well and so it's interesting that you maybe say that you're not a creator of art because my point that I wanted to bring up from last time where I said, oh, we're going to talk about that is that, I mean, I believe that everybody is a creator because just like you were saying, I like to create spaces. I mean, come yeah. on, the word is right there. Right. Right. And so just because it's not hanging on the wall doesn't mean that it's not art. Honestly. I mean, cause what is art? It's the reflection of beauty. Oh, I mean, that, maybe that was just a really bold statement to make just then yeah. and really kind of maybe flat. We'll, we'll take it on its face value for now. Sure. Let's think about that. Yeah. But if, if you're creating a space that someone feels welcomed in, yeah, that's beautiful. Of course. So what, okay. So maybe it's not the only function of art, but it is a function of art is to reflect beauty. Right. And so if community happening and good conversation, like maybe this podcast is, you know, maybe we call that art. Like, why not? Why doesn't that fit under the, especially in this like postmodern, like every, anything goes kind of world. Yeah. Why wouldn't this be considered art? It's an art form. It is an art form. It's, it has technical aspects of it, but maybe that even makes it more beautiful because you have to master understanding of a certain thing. 
my other thought that's kind of unrelated to that was going back to what what you were saying about tests and yeah. and seeing the art or you know seeing it as like a, oh it has to be a final product a lot of people conflate the word test and trial and it just got me thinking there's kind of two definitions of the word trial one of them is this kind of final you know oh it's a trial it's something it's you know that's that's an incident and i'm going through it or i'll be judged on it yeah the other one is maybe kind of the mirror of what you just said that okay. i'll be judged on it is i will do the judging on something i'm oh. it's going to be a trial basis right which oh, yeah, to me doesn't sound final at all it sounds entirely temporary yeah it, so is, it is entirely temporary yeah so if you look at your space as always being on a trial basis yeah then maybe maybe just looking at it like that will help you sort of curate whatever kind of space you need to do to, to curate and then each addition that i add to my my space is a 30-day free trial of <laughs> whatever of your candle of or my, your, yeah. of my candle or of my piece of art or of ooh, my ooh. gifts or Interesting. whatnot you could turn it into something where every 30 days you bring in a new piece of art and every 30 days you give that you piece give. away to someone who has maybe had a really strong emotional connection yeah. to that. So, Or if they're in that space, they connect with it. They even like pick it up. Yeah. Like, oh, you want it? Yes. That's great. Then you have to replace it. Oh, that's good. Because uh, what is, the, again, what is that? You're creating a moment. You're creating a connection. You're creating an opportunity for someone to engage with beauty. That's art. That's art. It doesn't have to be something profound. It could be just, you know, again, it could be a candle. If someone really likes the candle, like what, what's $4? Seriously. If someone really likes the candle, right. just be like, yeah, take it. Take it. The candle could be 38 hours of great smells. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge to be able to have something to share and look at a space as something that is shareable mm. and physic in a physical sense mm -hmm. and, and non-physical sense. I feel frequently caught up in the space that I don't have a discipline. I wasn't like forced Ooh. to learn okay. interior design as a five-year-old and <laughs> continue working in interior design. Sure. I mean, I don't know anyone who yeah. has, but I mean, <laughs> piano, violin, yes. yeah. um, I wasn't someone that frequently did art on while others were at the playground or anything like that. I didn't even play at the playground. I just walked around, hung out with friends talking. And so it's, it's interesting to think about, what are my disciplines in my in something that I've I've disciplined myself to do? Maybe it is conversation. Maybe it's curating a space, and maybe it doesn't have to be a something that hangs on the wall, just as you said. I love that, Duncan. What's your thing you've been thinking about this week? So my thing was inspired by a podcast I was listening to, and actually James and I were walking into the house together today, and we both noted that we were actually both listening to separate podcasts we were studying the craft trying to become better at what we do yeah well i mean you know this is a process and so we're just gonna hopefully get better as as we continue and so this podcast is called still untitled the adam savage project which you might recognize the name adam savage from the hit discovery channel show MythBusters. i, I know loved that I, my whole adolescent life was centered around MythBusters. And I think it moved past adolescent, honestly. I mean, it, for I, me. I would still love to go watch the, the episodes anyways. Yeah. It, it inspired me to create, honestly. 
Adam Savage is probably one of my original creative inspirations. And so it inspired me to do science. So boom, boom, we're, we're here in our own respective fields because of one specific kind of thing. That's really cool. Yeah. So Adam Savage in this podcast was bringing up the concept of comfort movies where you put it on and you don't necessarily pay attention to it. And it's something that you can put on in the background. You can maybe even, you know, oh, like crap, we have to, we have to leave the house and you, you leave the last 30 minutes of it, right? You're in the middle yeah. of act three and all of a sudden you just have to leave and it's, it's fine because yeah. you know that the movie will be there when you come back. And in that sense, it's a comfort movie rather than a movie that you're trying to invest in and, and really understand and all of that jazz. Okay. And so it got me thinking, how are we engaging with cinema these days? So that's my thing. Like... Oh, there's, there's been so many changes recently. Huge. And you were saying something earlier about even the way that we experience movies in theaters has gotten more comfortable. Oh, of course. I know AMC has been doing a huge push to remodel the interior of their spaces. Talk about <laughs> remodeling spaces. Has, doing, has been doing a lot of things to remodel their, their interiors to make it more comfortable to watch the movies. There's no more lines. You can just like put your where you're gonna sit in you get whoa like, yeah so like on these apps now you can put you're so right i you didn't can even put think where about you, that. where you're gonna sit mm-hmm. like they can bring you blankets yeah like they can bring you food to where you're at dude they like lounge chairs that recline all the way so you're basically sitting and like laying on your couch at home yeah so comfort movies how are we engaging with cinema and is it disrespectful to have a genre such as comfort movies in in your dvd drawer right the ones that you go to and you pop it on and it's just like a good old time and you don't have to watch the whole thing and all of that yeah what are your thoughts i think that that is a brilliant distinction for Mm -hmm. me i have some movies that are just family movies that me and my family like just love Mm -hmm. and we we like we love these movies we know we're gonna love them and we block off time and mm. schedule them like a week in advance like we're all gonna watch this movie together, totally yeah yeah which is not that comfort movie section because we're gonna watch it beginning to end the whole thing mm-hmm. it's an intentional it's an intentional but then there's these other set of movies that i've seen a thousand times mm-hmm. like sahara oh such and a I good movie love that movie but i don't need to see the beginning the middle no. or the end of it just some of it and i'll be stoked about it yeah like if it's on where you are you're like yes day made you know sahara is on the tv in the restaurant that i'm at and i'm stoked and you don't even need to pay attention to it you could just be like oh this is a good part and then you just maybe leave it alone you know yeah yeah see that's really interesting and it's it's hard that's i guess it's the question is about the respect of it is somebody paid a lot of money to create this art somebody paid like spent a lot of time trying to act doing the whole thing being a great actor Mm -hmm. and and putting their heart and soul into this thing and now we are so comfortable familiar with it that we almost don't care but we do care that it's on that's what do we what do we where are you at in that well it's interesting that you say don't care that we don't care about it yeah because obviously it's a lucrative enough business that they keep making these things, movies, you know? Yeah. And we keep buying tickets. And so, the, I mean, it has to be worth it, and right? we keep buying DVDs. Yeah. Or... Or box set no. Blu-rays. Like, come Ew. on. Like, can you... I am so excited for 22 Marvel movies. Oh. Because, A, that means that we get 
to have all of that in a box set and it's just kind of a cool artifact to have but also i get to inherit all of the the ones that we already have (laughs) (laughs) but i think that i don't want to say that movies make enough money at the box office to support just making more movies because i know that a lot of a lot of money that gets made through movies is actually merchandising right especially movies that cater towards kids to a degree even like star wars where you know i mean it's marvel it's for all kinds of different audiences i mean especially like the new the new marvel movies they're not making them with six-year-olds in mind but also iron man and spider-man and thor and hulk and like thanos dude yeah I want some of these toys that kids have these days. Like, come on. Like, when when I was a kid, Spider-Man gauntlet glove things that had, like, the silly string on them. Oh. They're so much cooler these I days. I had so many of those things. Yeah. Well, they, you kept losing them, too, right? Yeah. But, so I don't want to say that movies make enough at the box office so that we can just sort of shrug off how we in, engage with the art that we're watching on screen. Right. I don't think that I have a stance yet. It's just something yeah. that I actually kind of thought of it today. Honestly, it was just, it was a weird week, but just thinking through my, my most recent binging of something and enjoying of it. And then my most recent theater experience, which I think was actually Endgame, and just being completely enthralled in the theater and then switched then to watching Harry Potter. And I love the stories and I was quoting, I was quoting them line by line by line by line. And so I was, I feel like I was appreciating Harry Potter to you the degree were. that I think that it should be appreciated. I think it's just a great little franchise. I mean, say what you will about the earlier movies, but even those movies though, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you, I, anyone that's listening to this was completely enthralled with them when we first watched them. Oh, they make you feel such deep things. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just us, but when that music comes on, when I just think about pumpkins and candles and like, you know, I, I'm a huge Halloween person. I have I have become such a huge lover of all things spooky in the last few years. No, no, gracias, dude. I love like the black and orange and pumpkins and candy and and like decorations and I just think it's fun. Yeah, and I actually have a a, a whole paper that I wrote just spontaneously about why we should celebrate Halloween. Mister Project Artist, I know. No test. Yeah, well, I know, right? I have the freedom to do that, I guess. Also. It reminds me of a thing I want to write about the importance of Christmas lights. Yes, I completely agree. And let's l- let's save that for later. Let's save that for later. Because I'm passionate about Christmas that's, lights. That's going to be a a topic for next week. So just Great. a yeah. So just a little preview for you guys: Christmas lights and why they're important. And I'm so excited to talk about that. So, do you have any thoughts about? that whole theater thing before we wrap up our conversation? I think that in the viewing of art and in understanding it, um, we give the creator of the art respect when we view it in the form that they would like it to be viewed in. Um, When we understand it, we encapsulate it. We have taken the time, maybe that first viewing in the theater, that first viewing at, at the museum to like really encapsulate it and understand what it's like in our heart. But then after that, we can appreciate it in however, whatever form we want. And it is ours to incorporate into our daily, our lives, our thinking, our um, in-between traffic time um, to, to listen or to watch 
that movie wherever it is. And so I think it's beautiful. Like they don't get any more money. Um, and I don't think they care mm -hmm. if we watch it at home on DVD over and over and over again, or if we watch it while in the background, in or the background while, while texting, while, or yeah, whatever. But they would be happy to know that we've played it 800 times in our house. Like no matter how engaged we were in that. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I think there's something to be said about the fact that you even have it on to begin with. Of course. So that actually really, I think, helps clarify it for me in terms of even you just saying, well, they don't make any more money. Yeah, that's actually really true. You know, like me playing it at home doesn't get them anything other than the fact that it's on my mind. I'm enjoying the art. Even if it's in the background, There, it says something about the fact that I have it on. Like, here's an example. The Oceans trilogy, the original Oceans trilogy with George Clooney and I Brad Pitt. And, in. Oh, it's so good. I, for the longest time, saw that box set in my parents' movie drawer. Okay. And I ignorantly assumed that it was something about like, like, yeah, it was casino, but I thought it was more like a, a cruise ship type thing. Right. I was like, oh, oceans, like oceans. whatever. Like, and I didn't even, I didn't even do it the service of cracking it open. Oh, that's fair. And just reading about on the back of the, D the DVDs. And I don't know what it was. I think my parents were gone for a pe short period of time and I was just super bored and I was looking through movies and I decided to give it a second chance. Or maybe an eighth chance or whatever. Eleventh chance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I decided to give it another chance. And I opened up the box set and I read and I saw the cast. And I was like, hold on. This is This sounds This just looks amazing from just the cast perspective. And then I was reading, oh, like, this actually kind of sounds more like a Mission Impossible movie than like a, a Love Boat movie. Like, I was I was expecting like a, a dramedy. Right. Right. With like, you know, oh, cruise ship, whatever. No, it's no, no. It's a three-part romantic comedy Dude. set on a cruise ship. Yeah, no, I, that's what I thought. Right. And so, well, so there's something to be said about this whole idea of the plaque that we've been talking about, right? The, Absolutely. Like, read the plaque sometimes. It might actually help you understand the art more. And so reading the back of the DVD introduced me to now one of my favorite movie series ever. I actually haven't seen the new one, by the way. So no spoilers. Or Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8. I have not seen the also new one. Also haven't seen it. I've heard good things about it. So I'm just kind of waiting until I have uh, some sort of opportunity to watch it. I'm sure it's on HBO or something. I'll find it. But all that to say, it's not like the creators of the Ocean series were making money off of me discovering it years and years after that it had been released and purchased by my parents and been sitting in our cupboard. But now they have an avid fan, right? Me. And I get to introduce that to other people. And now we're talking about it. And so now, boom. Boom. And circle complete in my, in my head. And in my head, you've gone from someone that has seen the movie first time skeptic, mm -hmm. became enthralled with it. And then now you can quote it. You know the lines. You're an avid fan. You're willing to talk about it. But when you watch it, you're not completely engaged. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is I was, I was hooked within minutes. Like oh. as soon as, so he, you know, opening scene, it's in the jail. He comes, he sits down. I can't believe I remember this, but I don't know when the last time I watched it is, but Daniel Ocean, George Clooney's character comes and sits down and they start interviewing him about his most recent crime. And it almost seemed like a Quentin Tarantino sort of like out of order thing. Like, oh, he, like this is afterwards. No, you actually learn he's actually a criminal. You're right. And he, he, he gets released from jail and he gets released from prison and 
outside waiting for him is Brad Pitt, who is eating. Every single scene in that series, Brad Pitt is eating, and it makes me so freaking happy. It's so good. Because what's okay they they circle back i think it's at the end of the third movie again when he gets released from jail right maybe it's at the end of the first one either way it's still hilarious brad pitt is eating george clooney walks out of the prison again again right right and brad pitt does a little <sighs> sort of thing like he's got heartburn and it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah dude you're eating You've constantly and he's every always seen and he's always eating like french fries or oh, like so my favorite my favorite one is when they're scoping out tess daniel ocean's wife uh-huh. or his ex-wife right <laughs> and he's eating and he's eating casino. he's eating this massive thing of um shrimp cocktail yeah. it's this it's this mass the largest cocktail glass full of like shrimp and whatever that red cocktail sauce yeah cocktail sauce um that you've ever seen in your life and he's just eating it by himself and he's got the he's got the towel draped over his arm and um matt damon's character is sitting there too and he's he's focused and brad pitt he once he sees tess he's like crap i know her i she can't see me he turns around and then once she passes by he turns back around with his martini thing and it just makes me laugh it just makes me so happy so yeah here we are talking about it here i am fanboying over it and it's like I think that that's kind of what gives me hope for this whole this whole worry I had about like how am I engaging with this art is it am I should I feel guilty about not really paying attention to this art every single time I watch it and I think I think you've helped me sort of through that well I'm happy happy to yeah it's it's clear that if you love it that come that shines through yeah absolutely well, thank you so much for listening to episode two of Here's the Thing. Yeah, we're on a roll. Um, by this point, we haven't actually released episode one. We're hoping we've had issues with Spotify, with all of our tracks. Like we mentioned at the very beginning, shout out to the West Coast feed for our music for the podcast. Came in clutch because I had trouble with music licensing and they offered us our their entire library so and they are amazing yes so check them out on spotify on apple music on all that stuff they are amazing we love them see you next week did you want to add anything to that or no that was, that was, that was great okay i loved it <laughs>